Welcome to I Finally Get It. If you've ever thought about starting or buying a business, you need to listen to this episode. This week, we sit down with Whitney Savoy, and she talks about the realities of business ownership. In studio with me, as always, Dustin Webb, our producer. I'm your host, Jeff Martin, and here's our interview with Whitney Savoy. Let's get it. I am so glad that Whitney Savoy has joined us. Whitney is the owner of Cycle Bar. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So we get right to it. Tell me about the moment you said, I finally get it. Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, we kind of talked about this. I don't know what I get and what I don't get. But what I do know is that business ownership is hard and you have to have a certain amount of drive and a really thick skin because not having that thick skin is brutal. Yeah. Yeah. It can be crazy hard. And we all dream of this lifestyle. We dream of an entrepreneurial lifestyle and we paint that picture and we see it so far away, but there's a lot of work that goes into getting there. Absolutely. I also think that in the world of like Instagram and social media, it's like this I idealized version of what an entrepreneur means. Everybody wants to be a boss babe and a this and a that. And then you get in it and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much harder than I ever imagined. And you you learn something new every single day, which is the beauty of it. But man, you got to really start to look at yourself and grow. Yeah. So growing up, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? Did you always want to own a company? No, actually, I wanted to be an attorney. Okay. So I got into law school changed my mind at the last minute and said, you know what? I don't want to go to law school. I want to start a family. And so my path has been weird. But when I knew I really wanted to own a business was when I worked for a waiter and I watched all of these entrepreneurs around me who had come together to start this business. And they all had side businesses as well. It was just an inspirational moment. And at waiter, it was I mean, my gosh, the ride of a lifetime, the most amazing opportunity. And I got to learn from all sorts of business owners. And I was like, I can do this. And I'm inspired by this. And I loved the idea of going in and not owning a business for the sake of owning a business, but owning a business so that I could lead people and help people grow. It was less about me and more about the people I got to lead and work with. And so that's when I really started to go, this is what I want to do. And I want to build a culture that I can be proud of and people are happy to come to work. And it was so that was where the dream kind of started was that waiter. Yeah, I love that. So so for anybody who's listening and they don't know what waiter is, waiter actually is a food service app. Yep. Right. An on-demand delivery platform. On, on, yeah. and, and, you, and they were acquired by ASAP. Am I right? Or they, they rebranded. Cha- rebranded to ASAP. Yeah. So Waiter started in Lake Charles and then moved their operations to Lafayette. Started by Chris Moe and three or four other founders. And uh, on-demand delivery platform. Well, after Waiter went public, sold for $302 million or something like that, a new CEO came on board and they rebranded to ASAP. So- just a new brand. So you shared with me that you got to be at the New York Stock Exchange when they rang the bell, right? Yes, I got to be there. And we joked, my husband was outside freezing, looking at me through the window. and We're ringing the bell and confetti's falling. And it was surreal. You know, this yeah. small company started in Louisiana, funded by Louisiana entrepreneurs. And then to be there in Times Square and all of Times Square lights up with your logos. And so it was green and all this stuff that we built that we could see. And it was a crazy moment. Yeah, that's that's probably a once in a lifetime event. 
for sure. And you could feel it in the moment. It was like, oh my gosh, all this hard work and literal blood, sweat and tears we put into growing this business and to be in the middle of Times Square. It was cool. Yeah, that's that's crazy cool. Yeah. And so being there, um, do you want to get back there with with a company or you more like the cycle bar kind of uh, operation, small, small family business? I think I thrive in a bigger environment. I like the startup, build something from scratch mindset. I love to take something that doesn't have processes, doesn't have much organization in it and building something that is exciting to me too, which is I think why I also wanted to start a business because I like the idea of just building things from nothing and watching them grow. I can't water a plant and make it grow, but I can help a company grow. <laughs> Everything I try to plant dies, but I can help a business grow. Yeah. And so that's that's where I think I thrive. Cycle Bar is a franchise. And yeah. so there's these limitations when you own a franchise. And the way my mind works and the way me and my husband work together, we have big ideas. And to almost feel like those ideas can be minimalized because of a franchise, that I think that is something we're learning too. Yeah, you, you definitely have to work within their system. Correct. There's what, no... What, you cannot pivot from the system. Yeah. And if it's a proven concept, you know, maybe right. you shouldn't. Right. 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 But I want to. So <laughs> I, I get it. Tell me about um, the move into Cycle Bar. How yeah. did that all go down? So my husband and I have been working since we, as soon as we got out of college, we went to work and started saving for the hopes of one day opening a business together. He's been in sales for 12 years. I've been in marketing. We have good skill sets that match each other. Now, working with your spouse is a whole other. We could do a whole podcast on, <laughs> on that. So we saved up a bunch of money and we are really into fitness, active lifestyles. And so we were originally looking at an F45. F45 is like a functional fitness facility. We even looked at a location. We were about to sign our franchise agreement. And we were like, let's see if there's something that's already built so we don't have this huge upfront cost. There's already cash flow. And we found out that Cycle Bar was for sale. And we were prior members to Cycle Bar before COVID. So we started kind of going back and feeling it out. And it felt like the right move at the time. Um, It was less upfront cost because the F45, and I don't know if this is the exact numbers, it was close to, it would have been like $700,000 for the build out and for all this stuff. And we're like... That is steep for your first business or, you know, maybe we should be a little bit more cost conscious. And so we bought a business that we didn't have all that upfront costs, none yeah, of the sure. build out costs, yeah. all that stuff. So yeah, probably a good move. <laughs> yeah, I think it was smart. <laughs> yeah. So how long uh, did, did you buy it before COVID? No, after. Oh, okay, good. All yeah. right, so you bought that after COVID. Yeah. So it's been, Cycle Bar has been open for almost seven years, yeah. prior owners for six years, and we've had it for a year on t- tomorrow. Tomorrow, Tomorrow makes a happy year. Anniversary. Thank happy you. anniversary. So here you are at a year as as owners, and you mentioned how hard ownership and entrepreneurship is. Yeah. Kind of give me a little rundown of what's going on the last year. Man, this is so hard. We we have 17 part-time employees, which one that in itself is hard. People management is difficult, especially when they're part-time. And so a lot of our employees have either full-time positions elsewhere, nurses, one of them's an attorney. They do this for fun. It's a business for us. So if they come in and they're not having the best day, it's kind of like, well, 
whatever, I'm just here to teach a cycling class. I'm not that invested. You know what I mean? So that's hard in itself. No we, we've learned a lot from that perspective. And don't get me wrong. We have a fantastic staff. When you have 17 personalities and half of them are in college, that it's a, it's a difficult dynamic to navigate. But I mean, there's all these little things when you start a business that you, I guess you don't even really think about until you get into it. This is our first business that we own together, my husband and I, and just things like a bike breaks in the middle of the day, or someone doesn't show up for a shift, or this member is upset about this thing. And my husband and I both have full-time jobs as well. So not only are we entrepreneurs, but we have a full-time job and three children. And I honestly think sometimes that we overestimated our abilities (laughs) to handle it all, you know? Maybe not your abilities, but, you know, I talk a lot about divided attention. Mm -hmm. When he's got a full-time job, you have a full-time job, and the business, a young business, is trying to run itself, it's kind of hard. It is so difficult. If we could go back, one of us would have been there full-time, and it would have, we would have threw everything into it. Correct. If we ever do another business, that is the the plan. Like it won't be someone else sort of managing it because facts are nobody cares about your business more than you care about your business. And I think in the beginning, we kind of left it up to our general manager or our team. And it was like, we're invested. We've invested a lot of money in this. And so we've learned a lot of things the hard way this year. Yeah. Like give me one, your top lesson that you've learned the hard way. Okay. (laughs) This is probably too truthful, but Buying a business in general, there's a lot of emotions attached to it, right? There's excitement. I'm going to be a business owner. What we learned very quickly is that we should have taken our emotions out of it and really looked more at the numbers and been much more diligent about the research we did as far as the brand, the financials, everything so that we could have been more prepared going in. And so I think the biggest lesson we learned is like, In business, sometimes you got to just take your emotions, put them to the side and really think about all of the little things instead of getting so wrapped up in the excitement that you kind of get blindsided when reality hits, you know? Yeah, that's huge. That's huge advice for anybody. And if you think about it, so you have all those excited emotions at first, Mm -hmm. you're going in and there's so much emotion to it. Imagine what the employee is going through. I know. They're excited to get a job. They have some emotion and then they don't really, it's their secondary or maybe their fifth dairy, Mm -hmm. if that's a word, thing to worry about. Yeah. You're wrangling up 17 employees. Uh, It's a lot. You've learned a lot. I have learned a lot. And luckily, we have a good culture. Our Our staff shows up. They work hard. But again, even... And I don't want this to sound negative, even with them working hard, it's not the same that you put into it when you're doing it because you know everything that's at stake. You know, like this is our finances, our family, all of that. And so I think my big advice, other than take your emotions out, is get in there. You can't have a business and halfway do it. And I think because our jobs got so demanding right when we bought a business that we kind of halfway did it. Yeah, sure. Instead of throwing ourselves into it. And I truly believe that whether you're buying a business or starting your own, you have to put all of yourself into it. Because if not, you're never going to live that lifestyle that you thought you were going to have from this, right? You actually kind of go a little bit backwards. It is hard work. So for anybody (laughs) to think that it's just like rainbows and butterflies, it's not true. You got to work really hard to be successful. 
Amen. You, you really <laughs> did. couldn't have said it better myself. So what's the best thing that's happened so far this year? Oh, my gosh. The best thing with Cycle Bar that's happened this year is the relationships we've made. I'm a relational person. One of our CBX front desk workers, her name's Allie. She works for us at my other job now as an intern, and she's getting a marketing degree. And to be able to like mentor her and have this relationship with her, having a relationship with our members and learning about their lives and thinking about one member specifically, she's got a lot of outside stressors. But when she comes to Cycle Bar, she can turn them off and it's her place. It's her safe place. She's loves the team. They love her. So we've become a family. So those little things make it worth it because you're seeing how something like fitness, which seems trivial, like changes somebody's life. She's having a bad day. She comes to Cycle Bar. She forgets about it, you know? And so that is cool. And that's what makes it feel good and feel like, oh, yes, we're changing lives, even if it's in a small little way, you know? And, and that's why we go into businesses. It yeah. really is. It's not all selfish, us, us, us. Right. It's about serving the community, serving your ideal customers. For sure. And, and providing a, a product or a service, you know? Yeah. We do um, something called Cycle Gives at Cycle Bar. And so through the franchise, you get charged royalties. But if you do a Cycle Gives ride, the franchise doesn't charge you royalties on those rides. And so 100% of the proceeds go back into the community. So we did one recently for a little three-year-old who has cancer here in town and all the money went to her family. And so those things are exciting too, because we get to help the people that we serve. If a member needs something or they're battling something, we can do a cycle gives ride for them, for the organization they serve, things like that. So That's cool. great. That's mm -hmm. great. Your husband's full-time job, your full-time job, and you're working in the business. You've learned a ton, experienced a lot of stuff. What do you do for your full-time job? Tell me about that for a second. Yeah. So I'm the vice president of marketing for Fly Guys. We are a drone service provider based out of Lafayette, a startup. It's so exciting. It's Drones are cool, right? They're so cool. And the things that drones can do is also super cool. So to be able to work with pilots and to give customers really cool data to analyze, it's just an exciting environment to be in. And I love a startup. Yeah, yeah. Like you mentioned that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love, a startup. love the chaos of a startup. I will never... If you're recording this, you're getting it on record that I will never work for a corporate type environment yeah. ever again. It's not for me. I have a feeling, though, that you're a visionary, that, that you can see what things can become. Yes. And that's why you love that excitement and do that. Am I right? Yes. I Well, I don't know if this is a shortcoming or not, but I believe that I, with a really strong team with me, that we can do anything together. I don't. Yeah. There's. Yeah. I don't like to put limits on myself. So I just truly have a lot of confidence in what I bring to the table, what the team around me brings to the table. And we have a really great leader at Fly Guys. And so for me, it's exciting about the future. I'm not scared of it. That's so good. That's good. <laughs> you have to be cautious, but you can't be scared. Yeah. And just go and work hard. Yes. I, I guess you're seeing the culture over there. Fly Guys, they're working pretty dang hard. Huh? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you have to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're doing fundraising and things like that. When people are entrusting you with their finances, that is a heavy burden. I go in and want to work for I'm, I'm a shareholder myself, but I want to go work for the people that have invested in us as a company. They believe in us and I don't want to ever have them doubt us. I want them to continue to believe in us and I want us to get the results we said we would get. That is so great. 
So good. Give the audience a a business tip. Do you have a a business tip right off the top of your tongue? I would say treat your employees and your members or whoever you're serving the way you want to be treated. And so I think there's like this, I don't know. I don't know if it's the golden rule or whatever, but I want to treat everybody the way I want to be treated. Our employees, I want to treat them as if I really care because I do, you know? So I think leading by caring for people and I think, Sometimes people say kindness is a weakness, and I just don't agree. I think it takes a lot more strength to be kind when someone is being argumentative or whatever than it does to be ugly. So just lead with kindness and treat people the way you want to be treated. Yep. So what's next for Whitney Savoy and her young family? What is next? I don't know. I feel like I... I'm a really spontaneous person. And so luckily I have a husband who's not spontaneous at all. And he can like be like, okay, maybe not. Don't, don't do that. But I think what's next and what's most important to me is I do have three small children. And so I have to work really hard at balance. And so over the next couple of years, I really want to find a healthy balance between being an entrepreneur, working full time and being a really good present mom. That's important to me. And I hope that my kids look at me and go like, I want to be like mom. Mom worked hard. Mom did this, but she was also there at every game and she took care of us. And so finding balance earlier in my career was a lot harder. Now I really feel like I'm in a place to have balance on all these things that are really important to me. That's beautiful. Thank you. I've met you before and, and just talking with you, you're so engaging. Oh, but I, I, I imagine you out at these events mm-hmm. and going and meeting as the director of marketing mm-hmm. and, and all the roles you've played that when you come in contact with somebody, mm-hmm. you leave an impression. And so tell us how you leave somebody different and better just because they met you. Oh, my gosh. What a good question. Um I'll say this, as a leader, as a boss to my team, to leader of my family, all of these things, I have always led with honesty and openness. And I think people feel that. So I think I leave people with this sense of they can be vulnerable to me because I'm vulnerable to them. I don't fake it very often. If I'm having a bad day, I'm going to say I'm having a bad day. If there's something going on in the business, I'm going to talk about what's going on in the business because I think I've in the past struggled with this like need to be perfect. And that's not reality. We all have these things we're dealing with. And so I want to be vulnerable with the people I meet, be honest with them. And I want them to feel open to talk to me about whatever and not feel judgment because I go through things too. So I hope when I leave people, they feel like they can be their most authentic self when I'm around. Thanks for joining us this week on I Finally Get It. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Check out the show notes to learn more about what Whitney's up to now. See you next week when we sit down with Marcus Meir and he shares the moment he said, I finally get it. If you or someone you know is a business owner and wants to share your light bulb moments, just reach out to us at jeff at ifinallygetit.com.